Hey, welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. I'm Grant Cohn. Uh, the idea for the show is sort of like this would be the conversation the coach and I would have over the phone after I left rookie minicamp, telling him what I saw and just sort of bouncing, you know, my observations off of his knowledge and him asking me questions off of what I saw and it's, it's sort of coming to a better understanding of who these guys are now that I've had a first right. uh, impression. So that's what this is going to be. G- coach, good to see you. It's good to see you, Ig. What's going on, baby? Um, not much. The way I want to start is I want to get into the players I knocked yesterday because the the good and not so good has kind of gotten big and players and their families read it. And I don't want anyone to think I'm like against them because I criticized them one time in a practice. So I just want to explain the context of what I'm talking about and why I still believe in everyone <laughs> that I knocked yesterday. But first, right. I want to talk about the guy who I thought was sort of the star of the day yesterday, Steve Wilkes. Okay. He spoke. As the Niners DC for the first time, it was an hour and a half before practice. He came out, and I didn't really know how he was going to present himself, what to expect. You know, Robert Sala is um, very quiet and dignified and um, positive and smiles a lot. D'Amico is uh, a little bit more upbeat than Sala, a little bit uh, smiles a lot. Very similar. Steve Wilkes comes in and is very serious, and he, like, I don't know. I don't know if you felt it, but first it just felt like, oh, this is a head coach. Like, right, you've been a head coach before. You are a head coach. You're older than Kyle. And then I wanted to ask him about what Luter Jr. said. Luter said, you know, I play man coverage. And I was like, geez, it's not really the kind of corners D'Amico and Sala would bring in. And so I asked asked Wilkes, like, you know, is that something you want to do a little bit more this year? And he was essentially like, yes, absolutely. I I want to be more aggressive on defense. And I thought that intro was so interesting. What do you think? Good. I I mean, I – we, we find a way to keep upgrading in all facets of our team, including our coaching staff. And Steve Wilkes is just another feather in that cap. Um, he is essentially another head coach on our coach on our coaching staff, as far as I'm concerned. Um, he's had head coaching experience. He's had head coaching experience going back as far as 23 years ago in 1999. Um, he's been all been over state, the baby. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he's been all over the place. And, uh, He's seasoned. Uh, The word that comes to me when I watched him in the presser is erudite. He is an educator. He's a teacher. I love love coaches like that. D'Amico would essentially be like, it's not my job to explain this to you. And I'm like, man, okay, it's not. But like Robert Sala did. (laughs) Steve Steve Wilkes will. Like I love Chris Forster does. Like, come on. I'm interested. Yes. Kyle does. Yes. So he's very erudite. I love how... Not only did he answer your questions, but he takes the questions and he makes them into a conversation in the press conference. Right after your question with him touching into zone versus man, he hearkened back to the question that he answered that he answered previously, which was yours, in order to make his point more succinct. So you're dealing with an educator. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with somebody who knows how to keep his P's and Q's together. And he also seems like he means business. The type mm-hmm. of guy that's not going to raise his voice unless he really means it. And the type of guy that's going to be very straightforward with you. I like Kyle Shanahan in a lot of different respects. So I love the fact that we have Steve Wilkes. Now, as far as the schematics yeah. of how we're that's going to utilize to the defense, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very happy with how Steve Wilkes is trying to get at our defense. I don't think that he's necessarily trying to come and fit a square peg in a round hole. We're not going to see necessarily what Carolina did on defense. 
But I feel like right. he's going to change the conversation on what we do. So yep. let's talk about that. What we did with D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala is the tip of the spear or the kernel of our defense was our defensive line. And four-man rush. Way, yes, the four-man rush. Four-man and rush. in certain ways, you could say that the defensive line was almost at service to the secondary and the linebackers, right. meaning that all of the heavy lifting, the run stopping for the interior, mm. the pass rushing on third downs, yeah. Yeah. you know, the gotta have it downs, yeah. uh, the RPO The defense stuff. went as the defensive line w- went, pretty much. Exactly, yeah. and it yeah. all was on the defensive line. With Steve Wilkes, I feel like the inverse is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're gonna start utilizing our secondary and our linebacking core in service for the defensive right. line. We're going to start blitzing a lot more. We're yeah. going to start stunting a lot more. We're going to start helping where, I mean, one thing One thing that really doesn't get brought up is uh, we talked about how many times Nick Bosa gets chipped, how many times um, our defensive ends and our rushers get chipped. A lot yeah. of that is because um, the overhang on offense doesn't have to worry about us blitzing. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. something that we do. That's and true. When, That's true. And when you have – when you don't have overhang and you don't necessarily trust that he's going to fire off the line of scrimmage or that this is what they do on a regular basis, then you can tee off on the defensive line. I'm looking for our defensive line to kind of be the star of the show rather than the the accelerator of the defense. I, I love how Wilkes comes in and he's like, look, I, I don't have a scheme. I'm just looking at the number one defense in the league. How can I make it better? And what he's thinking is, what I'm thinking is like, hold on, you have all this invested in your defensive line. You're trying to have the best pass rush, and you're just going to play soft off zone coverage. And you're so what you're saying on the back end is, here, here's a bunch of quick throws. Just check it down, and then we'll rally up and, and tackle. Like, why would you want to give them quick throws, which essentially beat your pass rush that you're so invested in? If you want that pass rush to win, get some guys who can press across the board, force the quarterback to hold the ball, hitch, read the field, like then your defensive line can win. It's, it's. It, I mean, it's not genius. It's just so freaking obvious. I'm surprised that D'Amico and Robert Sala didn't do that. Now, to, in Sala's defense, when he had Jason Verrett, he did right. a lot of this. And that's when, right. he, I think he's doing it now in, in uh, New York with Sauce Gardner. With Sauce. But, and also, to, in D'Amico's defense, I think he was doing it when he had Emmanuel Mosley. But then he lost him, and then he had Lenore, who really isn't built to to getting wide receivers faces like that he's kind of smart for a cornerback but Wilkes is thinking like hey man these if I just play a little press man coverage like that can give that that could probably generate 10 more sacks this year all of a sudden I'm giving this pass rushers more time I agree 100% yeah I mean just look at how our defense the calling card of our defense we were we are in we are in elite defense right yeah but so why play passively why play passively not even why play passively but Look at our bend but broke, our bend but don't break defense. I, I, right. Honestly, I, I've never seen a defense that's number one in the league, and we were just known for basically being soft throughout the middle of the field, the green yep. zone, and then we bow up in the red yep. zone. And consequently, it's because our, we're closer to the line of scrimmage, things are more condensed, and the athleticism of our defense takes over. And it happened time and time again when we played teams in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but all, uh, but. I feel like we're trying to actually be the hammer and not the nail as far as defense right. is concerned. We're not going to be in support of our offense. I feel like with Steve Wilkes, I, let, let's say this. Steve Wilkes is trying to get a head coaching job. Okay. Agreed. He's 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 yep. in, he's interviewing as well. So 
I know that we play complementary football, but a defense, I feel like the defense that Steve Wilkes is trying to ingratiate with our current group, that defense is going to throw an offense on the field quick. Because that defense is going to get three and out. It's you're not yeah. going to have right. this right. these long drives where the defense is going to be able to let the offense get their stuff together early in the right. game. This right. is a defense that's going to get sacks, and it's going to be almost kind of like an alley oop. Like if we can't yeah. dunk it, the offense is going to start looking a certain way. You know, if we start passing off that ball early on three and outs. Also, with what man does. I'm an offensive guy, and with what man does, I hate playing against a defense that plays man because, number one, you got a lot of athletes on the field that can run yep. around. That's number one. All right. Yep. Two, when you're playing in zone, it's a lot easier to block guys because they're trying to get out to space. Right. So you can you can really play with your angles. But when you're playing man, it's yeah. sticky. It's yeah. tacky. And, you're, yeah. and honestly, your quarterback has to know where to go with the ball. He's not going to a spot. He's actually it's matchup football. He actually mm -hmm. has to find somebody that right. won that won their matchup. And yeah, you got to read the field. You you don't know pre pre snap where you're necessarily yeah. gonna go. Who's gonna win? Yes, and with Who the wins? team, yeah. with the with the defense as good as ours, why why let an offense off the hook? I agree. Why let them off the hook? Why right. make yeah. them pick right? Right. Yeah. So, make them win. Make them win. Yeah. Make them win. So, don't just give them easy wins while Nick Bosa is trying to get around the edge. I think that this is a defense that Steve Wilkes is is going to do a great job. He's going to put his fingerprints all over this defense. And uh, understand, this is not going to be a D where we're going to be just holding the ball to get the ball back to the offense. We're going to make noise on this defense. What I like so much about Wilkes is it feels like he's the first one coming in in a while who wants to change things. It's like, look, mm. you guys haven't won a Super Bowl, okay? I know you had the number one defense last year, but you gave up 31 points in the NFC Championship game. We got to do something different. <clears throat> the way I look at what Salah and – what Salah built and then what D'Amico kind of like perfected here. Okay. It's not a championship defense. It's a great regular season defense, but it's too vanilla. And I think Salah gets that in New York. I don't know what D'Amico's going to do in Houston, but what they have here is too vanilla because it works. If you just want to rush four and play zone, keep everything in front of you, don't give up big plays, like that's good enough 95% of the time. But ultimately, you're going to face an offense that, uh, that, that can dice that up. That you right. need to be able to do more than that. And I feel like Wilkes understands that. you got to be able to play some man-to-man -man coverage to stop the Chiefs and to stop. Uh, also, their problem of not being able to stop mobile quarterbacks, I think that's a wide nine rushing four problem. Like, there's always big gaps that you can run through. On third down, if you're the kind of team that wants to rush five, I feel like you have a much easier time containing the quarterback. But to rush five, you got to play man coverage. So you got to have the right personnel. And I think Wilkes, I mean, obviously he understands all that. Right. And and again, this go this harkens back to what we originally touched on is that but previously the 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 defensive line was in service of everybody else. I like right. the third downs going wide nine and not blitzing anybody. You right. know, putting not only rushing responsibilities on the defensive line, but contain as well. Right. Yeah, it's hard. On, on, on how do you how do you how do you line the guy up all the way on the sideline and wide nine and be like also contain him in the pocket like what how do yeah, I do that get him and then when he yeah. leads make sure you you know so I feel yeah. like our, our defense is going to I, I I like what Steve Wilkes brings because I do agree with you we do need to shake some things up 
And I feel like we actually have the personnel to do it, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Go ahead. Also, you said this to me on the phone yesterday. <clears throat> What's the point of having the best linebackers in the league? I mean, some two, two of the most hi- highly paid linebackers in the league. If all they do is go uh, side to side and backwards, why and not? Backwards. Why not? Yeah. Why, why not send them uh, on blitzes? I mean, they're the best. Why yeah. not? If yeah. we have the best linebacker core in the league, then they need to be utilized a lot more than going Bowman side and line sideline and going into backfield i mean I, yeah bowman and willis were, were blitzed by fangio if i remember correctly. i mean dj green i mean dre greenlaw is a downhill linebacker that i would love to see utilize more to get on there to get out there yeah um oh my god I, I, mccrary ball is a guy that i'm very excited to see um, me too he wasn't there yesterday well. um, yeah, which makes me feel like i think that's a good sign right like hey dude, yeah. you're good you're good yeah yeah all right. Um, All Niner says, I haven't heard a coach respectfully criticize a player in public like he did Drake Jackson. I like that. Yeah, that was um, surprising. Hey, what do you think of Drake Jackson? Really inconsistent. Needs to play better. Needs to uh, get a little stronger. Like, that's what I saw. Wow. Okay. Did see, but did you see how he he got to the point, but yeah. he kept himself out of it. He was very matter. I love that comment. He was very yeah. matter-of-factly about it. Um, I'm very impressed with Coach Wilkes. Me too. All right. Let's get to the players who performed yesterday, starting with the ones I had in my not-so-good list. Okay. Starting with Joey Fisher, the uh, priority free agent, the guy that uh-huh. the Niners are paying the most. He was supposed to be a third-round pick. He's He was a, he was a right tackle in college at Shepard in Maryland. Right. He's They got him at right guard. He was looking really good in drills. I, I want to say that. He looks lean. He looks fit. He looks athletic. About an hour in, he takes himself out of the practice, and he looked really not out of shape. He looked dehydrated. dehydrated. And that's nothing to laugh at. I mean, a player died on that football, on that practice field about 20 years ago. I believe his name is Thomas Heron. Um, yep. I, could, I believe that's his name. It's And again, people have died in the stands at Levi's Stadium. I know it's only 75 degrees. It's very dry. There's no shade. It feels hotter than that when you're out there for an hour and you can get really dehydrated. And if you do, you, and you're 300 pounds and you're running like that, you could die. So... Glad that he took himself out. It's just rookie minicamp. And I'm still encouraged. I, I think what he showed before that was a very, very athletic right guard who is built a lot like Spencer Burford. Right. So, uh, I, again, I agree with you. Um, I didn't take offense to any of the yeah. not so good when you regarding Joey Fisher. It's the yeah. first thing that comes to mind. Um, it's the yeah. first day of camp, first day, and guys are revved up. You know, yep. they're ready to go. I, I would almost kind of challenge what he had to eat that day if he was right. hydrated. You know, yep. it sounds funny or it sounds, you know, a little hinky, but it is true. You know, um, so we're going sometimes though, East Coast people don't know how dry it is out here. You know, it's like 75 oh in a dry heat. You don't know. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. And, and if you just look at his track, this is the conversation that we had. I mean, he got in the best. You've got to understand what these guys are doing. These guys are basically they've gone through the biggest job interview of their lives, right? right. And yeah. the longest process of evaluation that they've ever had in their lives. So Joey has gotten in the best shape of his life. Yep. He's gone through a pro day, which is probably the biggest evaluation of his life. He went right. down to, he went down to, uh, I think it was the senior bowl. He had a broken hand, didn't yep. participate, then yep. comes back, finally gets healthy enough to start working his butt off because before he doesn't even know he's going to be a Niner. Gets right. the call. And then he gets shipped out here. This is probably the first time that Joey has put on a helmet and pads and been in a competitive atmosphere with other pros around him in in a couple of months. So, you know, tensions are high. 
and so is anxiety and it happens. So I didn't look at that as an out of shape thing because number one, I saw right. him right. on videos. He looks good. He yeah, looks he does. good. All right. He really and does. <clears throat> and secondly, if you're out of shape as an offensive lineman, it's very apparent. You don't you don't make it an hour. You know, so uh yeah. um T B D but I I didn't take I didn't take umbrage to any of um your comments on Joey. It's just the first day. And it was interesting. They had him at right guard sp- splitting reps with Jason Poe, who's six feet tall. So we talk about, you know, um, Fisher having 32-inch arms. Well, so does Jason Poe. So it seems like now on the Niners, they have two kind of projects at right guard. And right. frankly, like, Jason Poe's, I mean, Joey Fisher's four inches bigger. Like, uh, he's, in a, he's in an interesting spot. He doesn't necessarily have to be ready week one. He's a bit of a practice squad project. But I could see him actually making this team eventually just look watching him do the combo blocks in the run game he looks big strong fast um yeah. i just I, I i think he can do all the run blocking and at a high level for them i just wonder about the pass blocking with 32 inch arms well well yeah it's gonna be tough just off of what god gave him but yeah. uh what what is on the end of those 32 inch arms are some man hands he's yeah. got very strong hands yeah so coach forrester i i just I respect this coaching staff's expertise so much. And I don't think that Coach Forrester would see a player like that and not evaluate around that that deficiency. I just yep. don't see it. Um, he's too so good. He's too good, yeah. As yeah. Coach Forrester, that is. So yeah. I, I believe that they're banking on his hands, his base, right? He does have short arms, but he's got a wide chest and a wide back to take on blocks. Yeah. Um, so I... I did see him get a lot of work in that guard. It is the first day, and he looked really good at guard as far as his yeah. movement, um, his pad his level, um, yes, and his strength. He was throwing his that strength. bag around. So, see, to me, like that's the, that's the big difference between him and Burford. Like Burford has potential. He's got athleticism. He's really young. He didn't look that strong to me last year, which I guess yeah. you wouldn't expect it. But he, this rookie Joey Fisher looks hella strong so if Burford uh never actually acquires that strength they got a guy on the practice squad who has it right now he just doesn't have the length of Burford right and and, I mean well one thing that I will say is about Spencer is I feel like Spencer's gonna have to really make his stamp at right guard during this year yeah he's really gonna have to do that because I don't because there's so many candidates at right tackle and the left side is practically solidified. Yeah. I don't necessarily see a, a route for him outside of right guard. Um, yeah. So I'm very interested to see how Spencer comes into camp this year. I did see um, an interview of him. He looks bigger. He looks like he good. put on weight. Um, good. That's so, good. That's yeah, good. that's very good. That's um, good. But Spencer has played the games. And I, I will say that we asked for the offensive line to get an uptick during the offseason. Um, and they did it. They just did it in their own way. So we got yeah. a lot more – we have a lot more viable options at the right side of our offensive line than we've ever had before. I feel that way. Well, they lost Brunskill, but they did bring in Feliciano, who yes. is under the impression that he's going to start. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a starter. Started like, yeah, yeah he, he didn't sign here to not play, although the Niners – clearly have their own ideas and he'll have to earn exactly. that but he's coming in here confident uh joey fisher is n- clearly nipping at their heels if he can uh get a little gatorade man gatorade yeah. water bananas. sucks bananas salt. Put salt there you go your food 
There you go. Rod Simmons says, oh, if Trey starts off 8-0, Grant, predict the narrative. Coach, if there's enough film on Brock to stop his mobility, is the arm talent good enough? First question. If Trey starts off 8-0, predict the narrative. Oh, there'll be a million narratives. Uh, you know what I, I mean? Honestly, be a if, Trey starts, if Trey starts off 8-0, then I feel like the, the what will be revealed is basically the fan base because there's no way in hell that, that he would not be the starter. Yeah. You know, if he starts off 8-0, you'd think this team's going to win the Super Bowl. If he, starts off, if he starts eight and zero, then the plan worked. Brock is the backup. Sam will start trading. We'll start taking in flyers for you. I mean, if, I he, mean, if he goes eight and zero, who that do means we they got? beat? We, who's, who's the, that means they who's, beat the Cowboys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Week five. That means they beat a lot of good teams. I'm looking at their schedule. I'm trying to find it. But yeah, that would be a big deal if they start. And then, uh, is there enough film on Brock to stop his mobility if the arm talent isn't good enough? Um, yes. Yeah, pretty much. I I do like the way he uh, scrambles around the red zone though. Um, but I just feel like yeah, he's got the ba- he's got a backup quarterback skill set, which is why the Niners didn't start him. They were like, why would we expect the last pick in the draft to be this good? It's never happened in the history of the NFL. So, yeah. and I mean, yeah, it's great that it did, but also I think they have to have a little bit of healthy skepticism. Like maybe this is Cinderella here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and if Trey go for Trey to go eight and zero. Then we're we're gonna get a real good display of um, the gap, the athleticism Great. gap, everything. We're gonna. Saul Goodman says you guys got me stoked for Will's Coast. What's your at? Oh, for Twitter. Uh, tough up front seventy seven. Tough up front seventy seven. All right, let's move on. Cam Latu was the second dude on my not so good list. Cam Latu. He dropped a pass over the middle. It happens. Uh, if you're watching, dude, man, I have nothing against you. Cam, what, you know you got watch. Yeah, what I actually was what's interesting about Cam, let me let me focus on what was, what was striking. Not that he dropped a pass in a meaningless practice. Who cares? What was striking is he's huge. He's way bigger than I anticipated and I'm looking at him I'm thinking, "Man, he makes George Kittle look small for a tight end." Right there. And I get it. Like I think that's what Kyle feels he's been missing a little bit. Like Kittle's great, but He's also changed his body a lot the last four or five years. He used yeah. to kind of look like Cam looks now, but as he's had injuries and he's gotten older, I think he's tried to kind of slim out a little bit, especially in his lower body, because um, he's had a lot of lower body injuries. And it works for him. He he makes his money uh, catching passes, but Latu right. is going to make his money blocking and running people over. And he's yeah. not going to do that in practice, but I could see him like DBs aren't going to want to, they're not going to want to smoke, man. There's two words that I, that I, that I attributed to his playing style. I said body blows. Um, yeah. 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 And so, Kittle used to deliver those and really doesn't anymore. I'm sorry, yeah. George. Cam, Debo Cam does. Going to deliver body blows. Body um, blows. For our defense. That's a good, I mean, for that's our a good offense. Phrase. I feel yeah. like what we get out of George is a lot of run after catch. We get a lot of yes. dynamic, we get a lot of dynamic routes and some good circus catches from quite frankly, bad balls. Um, no doubt. And, well, I feel like Cam is going to be a governor. He's going to make the defense stay honest. He's going to have those little small routes where you've got to stay attached. You cannot just go off and pay attention to Debo because Cam is not only going to catch most of his passes. He's got short hands, Grant. But not, not, oh, only, he does. Is, yeah, he does. not only is he going to catch everything, but Cam is also a sneaky run-after-the-catch threat. Cam does get up the field. He and and also if you look at his film, I challenge anybody, go ahead and just look at Cam's film, all his highlights. 
nobody gets up the field faster. I'm talking about okay. turning his head and sticking his foot in the ground and getting okay. up the field. It's almost the, as a blink of an eye. And that's something that with that size and that physicality, that's going to be a really good asset for us, especially in the number two tight end position, because ultimately I don't see, I don't see a world where Cam is on the field and George isn't. Right. So there's going to be, go ahead. No, like the, the way I see it is, I, I'm not sure if he's the guy you want to throw the ball to over the middle on third and eight right now. But I mean, you have so many guys you can. You can that's what Jennings is for. That's what Kittle is for. Like the way I think you could use him right away. The play the Niners been running since Kyle's been here is the play action bootleg fake, where you have the tight end run like behind the offensive line. Okay. He runs that underneath route, and you and you ha you you bootleg to the right, and you you get the uh, the tight end running from he left to right under. behind the. He slips under, and you essentially get him in space. And it's like, okay, there'll be like one or two DBs out there. Who wants to tackle Cam Latu? Like, that would be a great play for him. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, getting him yes. in space and just letting him rumble along, so to speak. Like, that's exactly how you use him. And he won't, he can't make that play in practice. That's not practice football. That's real football. Yeah. That's and you're not going to see and that. That is yeah. true. And I would, yeah. You know what? It's glad, I'm glad you brought that up. I would, yeah. I would watch on the not yeah. so goods because a lot of what Cam is going to give you. It's almost kind of like, uh, you know, grading one on ones with linemen without pads. Yep. The yep. Pads yep. Ain't on. So, right. I mean, who won, He's who not lost? gonna look as good in the one on one pass catching drills as Braden Willis or even Ross Cam, Dwelly. But you gotta remember. No, he's not. What he's gonna look good at is when he's like knocking the snot out of people, like, and that's gonna be in preseason. You'll see yeah. it. Uh, but I, that's what I want to keep in mind with Cam. Like, he's not gonna look as good in these practices as Braden Willis. He just won't. But no, he might look better no. in real games. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And also yeah. another guy that brings that nasty physicality, our, our calling card. I, I like this. We're mm -hmm. running. The, we, we, we run the ball. OK. Right. And what really yeah. hurts us is when we stop running the ball throughout the season. Every time we yeah. get too cute and we get away from running the ball. I feel like yeah. Cam is a good reminder. And it's not it's not just a good run blocker. It's like when you get him the ball in in the flat, like we talk about in a play action little bootleg, like. Now that's kind of like an extension of your run game too, because it's yeah. a, it's a it's an extended handoff, and I mean you're delivering blows. You're not just taking blow. Like whoever had to tackle him in your in the secondary is feeling a little woozy after that one. It's like yeah, how many nobody, more times can I do that? No, no, and it's going to take more than one guy. So I I see it, and I wanted to clarify with Cam. Last guy, D, D winners. Okay, he was the guy like. I was surprised just looking at his body thinking like, man, I thought he was going to be like a day one contributor. But looking at him, I got the feeling he was one of those guys who maybe let down for a month after the draft or yeah. just as a year away, which is there's no knock on being a year away. Like a no. lot of great players didn't look, uh, weren't finished products right away. It's just a particular team and there's a, a that's a win, in a win now spot. Also, there's a, Starting job open as strong side linebacker if he's ready for it. But after t yesterday, I'm thinking I'd probably put my money on Marcelino McCrary Ball, who wasn't even invited, which to me says, dude, you're good. You don't need to be a rookie yeah. minicamp. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So, yeah. with the, of, of course, we're just going to grant these guys grace, right? Yeah. Because Six round pick, rookie. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's, it's the May. first day. And, yep. you know, you're at the highest position of your life. And maybe you didn't come in as polished as you should have. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And also, also it, there is something to be said about coming into this organization. You know, these guys are rookies, but um, Kyle touched on it in his keynote um, interview. 
he doesn't have to worry that much about standard as much as he did when he first got here about guys knowing how to practice guys coming into coming in in shape guys being able to manage the offseason and keep the standard of what this organization brings forth and the thing that i see with rookies here and in d winners case specifically is that hey d not only are you on a veteran team but you're a part of the number one room in your position in the National Football League. You do understand that, okay? Yeah. So this isn't yeah. just a pro locker room, pro pro linebacker room. This is the best pro linebacker room in the NFL. In so the in the world, right? Yeah. So you need to quicken yourself. You need to have a come to Jesus moment and – Get a sauna suit on and get that baby fat off because he's in shape, right? Yeah. Because what what will happen is they'll shelve you for a year. They'll just yeah. they'll shelve you for a year, and they'll well, and then they'll see you next the year. Nine or three, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's either if you're coming in the Niners organization, either you're contributing right away. Yep. You're getting shelved, or you're getting shipped. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's and it. dude, you're you're a late six round pick. So they're not committed to you at all. They com they compared you to Dre Greenlaw, but that doesn't mean you'll even make the team. So again, yeah. I'm not gonna stand there and be like, "Oh, D Winners, he's out of shape." He, I, yeah. I I can see like I just I was I was expecting to see Dre Greenlaw. I didn't right. see Dre Greenlaw, and I know what Marcelino McCrary Ball looks like. He's been in their strength and training program for a minute now. Like D, you're not taking yeah. that dude's job. And to right take now. it a step further, yeah. Dre Greenlaw is the reason why we why we got let go of Quan. So it wasn't right. like. Dre had an open spot just waiting for him to sit down. He was better than Quan immediately. Dre yeah, was ready he had to, to go. Quan. Yes. So yes. I know that D said that he just found out about Dre a couple of months ago. I mean, or uh -huh. just recently. He yeah, needs to, to do know. his homework and figure yeah. out how Dre became Dre because so, this ain't it. Yeah, because what what I saw with D was a little bit like, oh, Drake Jackson. No disrespect, but it's like Drake, what I saw last year is like, mm, I don't know what you did last month, but you don't really look like you're an NFL player. You don't really look like you're ready for this season. And then what happened? Like, he just ran out of gas. Yeah. Ran out of gas. So, yeah. D, like, I mean, see what happens. You got some, yeah. some time, but uh, I wouldn't put my money on D, D winners starting week one as a rookie. And again, why would you bank on a sixth rounder doing that on this team? I guess that's a little ambitious, D. This is a good conversation yeah. to have, though, right? Yeah. Because this just shows this this shows the this shows the competition and the level of organ uh, the, the level of organization that we have, right? Um, mm -hmm. I feel like we we can chew gum, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Just last week, we were thrilled about all of the all of the attributes and the value that we can get out of these young picks. But you know what? That's over. Now yeah. Yeah. it's time to see what the product can actually do and. Now that right. we know what we have, it's time to assess, right? Right, because, because you gotta when you break when you, them down before you build them up. Yeah, and when you get these these players in the draft, you look at what they've done, you project what they could do, but then you see them on a field together, and you see like what are, what do they do? How do they look? Yeah. How how what kind of pros are they? What kind of competitors are they? Mm -hmm. There's no projection there. That's just like moment of truth stuff, and it's just the first day. And I always try to think about like that scene in the Matrix where Neo tries to jump, you know, from one building to the next, to and the doesn't next. make it. And, and then they're like, well, does that mean anything? Like, no, you never make it the first time. Like, it's the first day. You never it's judge people day. off the first day. But you get a first impression does mean something. So I'm just trying to explain my first impression of these players. Tommy Huxley, I can't put that on the screen. You know what you wrote. But thanks for the $2. Just threw it away. Can't put that on the screen. You should know better. All right, let's get into the players who 
look good. Um, okay. Starting with Jacor Pearson. Okay. I'd never heard. I'd never heard of this guy. Okay. Let me right. just tell you my experience with Jacor Pearson. He, he was eighty-two. Okay. okay. He's he's five seven. He's got a really long upper body and really short legs. And he has a like a big helmet on. I'm like, who is this guy on the field? Easily the most awkward looking player on the field. Mm-hmm. The guy who looks like he doesn't belong. And I'm thinking like, and then as soon as I think that 40 yard catch down the uh, down the sideline, right? It's like, oh, like, how did you? First of all, he's hella fast. Then he does it again on a 20 yard crossing route. 20 yard okay. crossing route right in front of Jair Brown. It's like, okay, like you, you're a tryout guy. Like I think you just made the team, buddy. And then I look it up. Like, hold on. You were the XFL's leading receiver this season? Like, oh, that checks out. So I think they got something there. Yeah. So uh he's a journeyman. And all these kids are journeymen. That's why you just love football, right? You yeah. Know, everybody's got yeah. a story. So yep. basically his story is is that he uh played at uh WKU, Western Kentucky, um, okay. as a receiver, and then he transferred to Ole Miss. Ole now Miss. He, yes. Yeah. He transferred to Ole Miss, and I think that he led in receiving his last year at Ole Miss. So, coming out, so he produces. He Dude produces. produces. Yes. And, um, coming out of Ole Miss, he signed with an XFL team where, like you said, yeah. he led in receiving. Now, I listened to an interview that he did on Draft Diamonds. It's on YouTube, and he talks okay. about his skill set. And for his size, being five seven, his skill set is outside he wins on the Mm. outside um now i don't necessarily know that he's a deep threat he says that he is um he was yesterday he was yesterday he was yesterday absolutely was yesterday yes you know what we go we go with recent news so he was yesterday um oh yeah however 40 yards down the sideline 40 yards down the sideline it was like it was nothing dude this is one thing that i will say that i like about jacor is that he's confident um, yeah. And this is somebody who is going to pop in the atmosphere like today because he's played, if you think about it, he's actually played pro ball. He's He played XFL ball. So That's right. That, I love players like that. I love yes, players like that. I, you know, too. talk about driven. You don't, you don't got to guess about this guy. Yes, he's he's freaking driven. Yes. Yes. And yes. Um, I actually tapped on a guy that um, a, a former player that I coached um, who played against him in the XFL. And he said he's legit. He said that he's not he he will play. He wants the ball and he's a gamer. So this kid, he's played more ball, more pro ball than anybody that in that camp that that was at practice yesterday. Uh, one thing that also he he touts as a really good attribute is his return ability and his versatility okay. for special teams. So he's talked about being a gunner, returning kicks, yeah. returning punts, blocking punts. Um, throwing touchdowns. He's kind of a do-it-all guy, and you you can tell that he knows what his frame is, and he's trying to play outside of his frame. So, another guy. Let's see. I, I got a comp for him. Do it. Taylor Gabriel. Okay. Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel was an undrafted free agent out of Abilene Christian. Well, I don't even know what that, where, where that is. Uh, in 2014, Kyle signed him. In Cleveland, he was Kyle Shanahan's secret weapon, like the five foot seven, hundred sixty five pound outside receiver that no other team wants. But it's like, why do you not want four three speed on the outside? Like, if you know what to do with it, I I thought Kyle used Taylor Gabriel really well, and that was the guy no one talked about on their on twenty sixteen team. Like, yeah, they had all those guys, uh, Julio Jones, but like Taylor Gabriel was 
Hold on, let me give you his numbers that year. 2016, he had 35 catches, averaged 16.5 yards per catch and six touchdowns. Like, he was a killer third option. Well, killer third option. It, Kyle always has that ancillary, uh, like that that fringe gadget guy yes. on his team. Uh, yes. Ray Ray McLeod, uh, yes. Trent Cole. Uh, uh-huh. You know, so it, I feel like these this Trent Taylor, Trent thing, Taylor, Trent Taylor, Trent Taylor. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, Trent yeah. yeah um, yeah. If there was, if there was a, if there was a comp for him in this offense, it would be that. It would be yeah. bubble screens, slip screens, uh, quick, yeah, in fades, and quick beaters, um, space concepts. You know, something where he's small enough to catch the ball in between the hashes, but not big enough to actually be a target. Uh, you know, yeah. somebody with with yeah. respect, with respect, pesky. You but know, think about it. Like on this team, if you have a if you have a quarterback who can actually get the ball down the field, like Trey, maybe Sam, like, and everyone's focused on stopping McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo, and you got a guy out there who runs four three, man, you forget about him one time. That's a touchdown. That's the game. It, yeah. It's nice to have a fifth option who's that explosive. Love it. I feel like this guy has. I mean, th- there's a there's a path for him to do something on this team. He's yeah, I definitely do. I, I believe that yeah. there's a pass for He plays outside this frame. He does not play yep. like he's 5'7". Not so at all. So go back and watch. Uh, I think he played for the Sea Dragons he in did. the XFL. So you can go back and look at what he's done. And he, he's just another guy who is going to fight. Uh, you know, I feel like <laughs> we go through this progression of the offseason where because we lost, we, we go through guilt and withdraw yeah. and – now that the draft is over and we're starting to shape out the team, I feel like there's competition at every level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris H. says, why do Niners keep drafting and signing UFA linebackers with Warner at Greenlaw? Do the Niners want to find a replacement for Warner to trade him in his huge contract? No. It's called depth, and the Niners are like the best at finding it and developing it. So, I mean, even if there's no path for them to play, you need special teamers, and they've traded some of these guys. Uh, yeah. Everyone knows the Niners are the linebacker factory, so... There's a million. Yeah, it's, it's what they do, and and, and yeah. really what it is is that it's uh it's you know it's the the juxtaposition between a buyer and a consumer. You know, uh, you know a lot of people when they want to get things done, they go spend their money, um, and then there's a lot of people when they want to go get their oil changed, they put it up on the lift and they get under their own car and change their oil. So That's we right. like to develop our own stuff. That's right. Gaiman Brown says majority. Of Hawaiians or Niner fans, please stop with the Polynesian hate. What? <laughs> later, later will be fine. It's Latu. Please spell his name correctly, Gammon. How you gonna Man- talk about your culture and spell his name wrong? <laughs> Man is a warrior. No, I, I actually was. I, I, I wanted to make a point early on this show to say that I get it with Latu. I, I, I knocked him yesterday because anyone who drops a pass into practice, that's I got. I mean, that's. Just, that's just what you got to do. Wasn't gotta, so good that day. That's why the got to do it. Are what they are because we yeah. know we get the unadulterated truth. That's what it is. All right, moving on. Uh, this is a guy I didn't put in the practice report yesterday. I'm mad. Tay Martin. It was his, it's his second year. He was in the, was in the practice squad last year. Um, he caught a 50 yard pass down the sideline, and I didn't mention it. Uh, he beat a guy who's not going to make the team, but still, he looks good. And we're all focused on the rookies because they're the new guys. But this sophomore, the second-year guy, Tay Martin, he looks like he's in great shape. And I thought of him as like a possession receiver, but he won deep. So keep him on your radar. I didn't put him out there yesterday. That's my bad, Tay. 
phase two of the yes. Niner rookie plan. Yes. He got shelved. Yes. So yes. he came back. He looks Hey man, we like you. You're not ready. We'll see you next year. Yes. Yeah. He looks noticeably bigger. Um, yeah. and that was the biggest thing with Tay. I remember being encouraged about having him as a receiver because he's got really good ball skills for being yeah. a big receiver. Um, yep. and again, I feel like, you know, always competition. That's what the beauty of our team is that, you know, just having a starter isn't good enough. We're looking to try to find a better starter, right? Yeah. More development. Yep. And, uh, one of Tay's problems, if you will, or just a deficiency was, he had a hard time getting off the line of scrimmage. He could not get off press. Mm. And mm. I noticeably saw how much weight he put on. He looked bigger um, in the drills that he that he that he was in um, at practice yesterday. Yeah. So it takes more than quickness to beat press. You got to be strong. Ask Dante Pettis. Yeah. Sorry, why do I keep doing that? Dante, I'll leave you alone. I'm so sorry. Dante gonna find I you. I keep buddy. taking shots at Dante Pettis for no <laughs> reason. Like I'll so <laughs> leave him alone. I'm so sorry, dude. That's it's a, it's a bad habit. Crying one day, you like, I'm like, coach. I'm like, it was Dante, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he got me. <laughs> you better chill out. I'm sorry. Yes. Yo, but yeah, I, again, um, and uh, also because you can't get off the line of scrimmage, it, that that's one thing. But it's almost like a lineman not being strong. It's, it's bad mm -hmm. optics. You know, yeah. Tay Martin is a big receiver. So you yeah. expect him to move with strength, move with power. Like Jennings um, does, like Bourne it, did. Yes. Exactly. So yes. with that, I'm, I'm excited to see what he brings. Uh, and again, this is somebody where this is another trend that I'm seeing is that we were talking about narrative as far as being a fan. We've been yeah. talking about narrative. It's pleased to see that thus far it looks like they were actually getting to work. I'm we're, we're starting our first view of the guys and yeah. seeing we're seeing the work, and I'm happy about that. Other year two guys that I want to shout out um, because they always fly under the radar, and they often are the guys who look the most NFL ready at this rookie minicamp. Taylor Hawkins, forty one, <clears throat> the safety. He was starting next to uh, Jair Brown and looked really good um who okay else? uh taylor hawk oh quantra's night q quantra's night i was gonna UCLA. bring him up but i didn't want to all of them look, look really good you can tell they've been with the niners uh in their training facility every single day it, they look like it they definitely putting in the work so i want to shout you know, out those guys Quant you know my comp for quantra's night tell me uh my comp for quantra's night is uh why did i just forget his name our slot who moved it who went to denver our, our oh, K1. 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 I feel like Quantrez Knight is a more athletic K1. And I, I feel like I just want to see him break Me too. onto the field Me too. with Me too. Yeah, Me too. I want to see him Me with too. the guys, like to see how he ingratiates himself. People people don't know about Quantrez Knight, but um I introduced myself because I went to UCLA and he went to UCLA. But okay. we don't like talk because of that. He's just I happen to introduce myself every time I see him in the locker room, he's like, Grant. I'm coming. I'm coming. Watch like for me, man. Attitude. I'm coming. I love that, dude. I love that. Gives me I love a pound. His attitude, man. Yep. He knows he's in, he knows he's waiting, but when you got yep. guys who are like comfortable with their journey, you can you, it's like god, when they get their shot, it's going to be crazy. So I'm It excited. just cracks me up how young these players are. Like I, I So he he played at UCLA and he played for uh, Chip Kelly, uh -huh. and I asked him like, "So do you know where Chip Kelly coached before he was at UCLA?" And he's like, "Nah, where did he coach?" I'm like, here, <laughs> you didn't know that, but he must have been in middle school when that was going on. Yeah, Quantrill is a Maryland guy too. Yeah, he went to Maryland. Yeah, 
Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. understand how UCLA recruits like so well from all across the country, but hey, more power to Chip Kelly. That bread, baby. You want to get yeah. on TV in, in LA? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Next wide receiver, Ronnie Bell. This was interesting. They gave him okay. number 10. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh my God, Kyle Williams. Like, you can't give a wide receiver on this team who's like 5'11, number 10. It just looks bad. Not the one it's, it's just like, oh, it was a bad, it's like, oh God. I'm like, ooh. And, uh, and he's running around. I'm like, he's not that fast. He's not that big. He's not that quick. I'm like, I don't see it at all. And then they throw him three targets and it's like, one's a post, boom. He like leaps and catches it over two guys. And it's like, oh. That was really nice, and then he yeah, yeah. he catches he catches like an out route, and then he catches a fade route where he leaps. It was like okay, so this dude like is a gamer, like he's yeah, yeah. he's a real competitor. Okay, he played for Harbaugh. Yeah, I get I get it. So I I don't know if like what kind of athleticism he has, but I know he's coming off a serious knee injury, so maybe there's more there. He's definitely a competitor. Yeah, he does. Yeah. seem like some now that you've seen him in the raw, he is a little yeah. bit. He's a little smaller. He's a little yeah. smaller than I than his Phil. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know what they use in college, man. But you got. Yeah. They, they look play. They look different once they get in the, on the They NFL really field. do. Yeah. 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 Um. You know, and not even in one way. Some look bigger. Some look smaller. It's just it's, right. It's very lots who look bigger. Lots who look bigger. I'm like, man, this dude way bigger. As a I'm like, who the hell are you? Did you hit, hit yeah. a growth spurt? What the hell is going on? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. um, I will say he did look smaller, but. This is a guy that's we have to keep the main thing the main thing. He is just I, I believe maybe eighteen months off of a very serious knee injury as yep. a receiver. Okay, so right. he uses that knee a lot. Um, um, I would say that in some instances he's still learning how to play with that knee, trying to yeah. figure out where the limits of how he can push it, what he can and cannot do on it. But again, this is another guy that has come in with a lot. Of productive, a, a lot of productive balls. He's come in with a lot of put that productivity under him, and the only reason why physicality matters for us is because we know that if you're a receiver on this team, you're gonna block before you catch. Yeah, um, especially if you're drafted around seven. If you're drafted around seven, so yeah, he's got a he's got an uphill battle. Um, I I, I think that for him, it seems like he has the right mentality though. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that there's any wilting flowers on this team. Everybody's hungry. Um, uh-huh. Everybody who gets told no is going to have to be explicitly told no. Everybody. And, wants and to also, like the Niners have learned a lot from the players who haven't worked out from their team. I'm not going to name that player's name again because enough is enough. But like, right. you could see like this guy is sort of like him, but with the mentality they want. And like, he's not a second round pick. He's not as gifted, but it almost you'd rather have this guy because without the toughness and what these these qualities like, it's well not going to work it's it's just not going to work exactly yeah yep i'm yeah, with you on it, that so yeah, and i feel yeah. you know that's a great point what they probably learned is is that if you don't have the character first then we're yeah. not even going to bother with the skill right it's true we can't mentor you we can't hope that you change it's like no that's that's who you are, and we have a very specific personality on this team, and you don't fit it. So there's two questions that I would ask off of that. When do you think that they understood that philosophy, and was it before or after they drafted Trey Lance? Oh, got to – I mean, probably after. But, I mean, you look at, like, Dante Pettis not working out for them. It's like, why? Like, he literally had everything you wanted. Like, you love Dante Pettis. You traded up for right. Dante Pettis. Physically, he was everything you wanted. So why, what was 
What was the problem? Well, it must have been, you know, his temperament or whatever. It just didn't it didn't fit this team. Or they gotta be I, in you and not on you, man. Yeah. So maybe that's what they learned. Like we can't take these risks on guys whose temperament doesn't fit our team. Like we need yeah. we need this first. So because we can't even get yeah. to the talent if right. you can't traverse the locker room. Right. If you can't you just can't. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Lance. I mean, he's had that problem the, the last two years. But at the same time, like Dante Pettis had, had a lot of stuff. He had years where he played here. Like Trey Lance yeah. hasn't had that yet. And maybe he'll deliver this year. Maybe he will. True. Um, let's talk about Braden Willis. Braden Willis, to me, has the best shot of any tight end the Niners have brought in to actually dethrone Ross Dwelly and take his roster spot. Like this is this is the biggest competition Ross has had because Ross is the guy in camp who will win every rep in one-on-ones. It's like yes. he won't give you an opportunity to take his job. He's just he's not spectacular, but he's not messing up ever. Yeah. And Latu is not going to beat him. Like Latu will take Charlie Warner's job, no problem. But Braden Willis, like I saw him, he didn't do one-on-ones, but he is a silky smooth route runner. He's got a lot of confidence in his hands. He catches the ball away from his uh frame. He's he's a lot like Dwelly, except a little shorter and a lot faster. So this is going to be a very interesting camp battle. Dwelly better bring it because Willis is good. Well, again, more competition at the position. Yeah. Uh, and I don't care about the size difference. Um, Ross has been here long enough, and he's yeah. been with a group long enough that he should have developed more as a blocker by now. I like Ross. Fair. Fair. Um, you know, but that's fair. Um, you've been here. He gives it his years. all, but he, it's just it's still not enough. It's not. And if we're looking at the floor of what Braden brings in as a rookie, he's better than Ross as a blocker. Um, just just out in a box. So now he also like, doesn't look small. I said he's smaller than Latsu. He looks bigger than than Kittle to me. Yeah, looks big. He's bigger than. Yeah. 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 He's he's a legit six, three, six, four. He's not yeah. small. No. Um, also. Um, so if you had the blocking element down, what do you ask yourself? Okay, so let's go to athleticism. Ross isn't more athletic than Braden. Um, so mm. yeah, Braden so, says he runs a four six. I don't know if yeah. he doesn't run a four. He, he yeah, didn't he actually put it, it on. Chest too. And you know what? I he tend did. To believe him. I tend, I tend to, believe to believe him. him. Yeah, he, so, he's explosive. He's open a lot. He just watching him in the rookie mini camp, he looked like he was open every play. Yeah. Mm. So my, my biggest thing is that he plays with a lot of attitude, which you love. You just want to see yeah. if that attitude is going to traverse when the big boys come. I want to see you block a grown man. Um, I like go. the finesse in his game. Like to me, a tight end who has that wiggle at the top of the route and can get open consistently. Like, I mean, you, you could call it a slot receiver, whatever. Like that's a that's a a unique skill set. You know, Dwelly has it. You don't use it. Jordan Reed had it. Has it. Travis Kelsey has it. Jo- Jawan Jennings has it. Like this is the kind of guy you could put. You could flex out. Put him in the slot on third and seven, and he can win. And right. you can know he's going to win. Like I like a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a mismatch. You know, yep. he is a mismatch. You can, he's a, he can yep. stress your defense. He's he can the beat type man of coverage. Yeah, he's the type yeah. of player where you can actually attack a weakness, where you can yep. get a linebacker out in space, get a safety out in space, and really put him, put your defense in conundrums, right? Yeah. So I think that Braden is a force to be reckoned with because of the type of player he is. He's not necessarily, I don't, I don't see him as an inline blocker. I don't. Um, so I just right. think that he's a little wise, slim for that. He's a little too slim for that. Exactly. Yeah. And if you think about it, 
if anybody's listening to this, they're probably saying, now, wait a minute. Now, you guys said that he was kind of the same size as Kittle. But one thing that we have to say about George is that George is not a good blocker because of his strength. Blocking is 1,000% technique. It is, mm -hmm. a, it is a technique in initiative, and it's an effort initiative. Effort, effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yep. and the thing about Braden is, is that when you learn technique through blocking, the only way you get better is through reps, right? Yeah. And I just don't think – I think that we use George as an inline blocker, but people – we, we take for granted just how technically sound he is. At right. Blocking. And how he's kind of undersized for the he's position. He's undersized and, and he's doing Yeah. This. The right. fact that he's such a good blocker is like doubly impressive considering he's right. not 6'6", 260. The blocking assignments that George gets are for are for line, are for tight ends that look like Cameron Latu. That, right. The, That's right. That, That's right. Right. That's so right. so I'm, I don't want us to get lazy eyes and think that oh a guy slightly bigger than george maybe he could still block like george no george is a phenomenal blocker right right so with that i do see Braden being used in space i see him being used out of the backfield as an h-back he can really deliver a blow as a blocker coming from depth being able yeah. to run two to three yards to actually get some pop under him so go ahead but the difference like between him and Latu as a receiver, like with Latu, where you're looking for ways to get him in space so he can run people over, like you don't I don't I don't need you to run a route and get open. I I'll I'll run you behind the line of scrimmage on a play action and it'll get you open in space, get the whole defense flowing this way because because we got Debo McCaffrey and Ayuk over here, and then all of a sudden it's Latu and yeah. it, it's one on one against the corner. Like, I'll get that for you, and you'll look great in that. But Willis to me is the kind of guy like you get him matched up against a linebacker in the NFL. He might score. Oh. He might score. Like, he might score, yeah. Yeah, so I, both are very uh, interesting weapons. And again, I love having guys like this who are dangerous and at fifth options. Like, no one's freaking thinking about Cam Latu or Braden Willis if they're on the field because there's four other guys who will kill you. And right. these guys, like, Jacor Pearson can score a touchdown. Like, Braden, like, these guys are all interesting weapons as fifth options. Yeah. As fifth I mean, options, and, yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. We're, we're, yeah. we're kind of like... All, almost more interesting than use check, if, dare I say. Dare I say. My 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 direct comp for for you for Juice is Braden Willis. Okay, it's not yeah. it's not the kid out yeah. of Oklahoma. It's not the kid out of Oregon State. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Atlanta. Braden Willis is a more talented receiver than Usechek. No offense, but he's six four. Yeah, he can just I, you I, could do I, more I with him as could, a receiver. If we could find a way to make Braden our H back. My man, my God, like that—that's a because you can't you can't account for him. You have to count for everyone else, man. You got to put your worst player on Braden. It's eleven on eleven defense. Oh yeah, yeah. Chris Grove says money money for Grant. Question for Coach. Coach, what's your coaching background? I always wondered why you're called Coach. Love the content, fellas. Oh, I coached at Bowie High School, coached at Bowie State, and did some recruiting for Georgetown University. That's my coaching background. There you go. All right, let's talk about Kalen Laburn. I've been calling him LeBorn like a jerk. His name is Kalen Laburn, and you put me on to him as soon as they signed him. They're like, you said, hey, we got one. And uh, I looked into his background. I heard from a coach I trust who knows someone on that coaching staff at Marshall. Is it Marshall? Marshall. Mm -hmm. That really likes him, uh, not just as a player, but as a guy. And he comes in, I'm, again, like my whole thing at rookie minicamp is which, which players here look like vets? Not that that means 
anything about their future, it, but it means a lot about their present. He was one of them. He looked like a freaking vet. Like, honestly, if Elijah Mitchell looked like Kalen Laburn looked right now, Elijah Mitchell probably wouldn't get hurt as much as he did. And Elijah Mitchell's a great player. I'm not saying Laburn's as good, but he's put together. He's built. He got the first rep uh, in seven-on-sevens at running back. The pass was not a check down to him, but like a called pass for him. He caught it in the flat, exploded upfield. He's explosive. He had three catches. He didn't have any drops. He looked way better than the other running back, uh, A. Watt, who, you know, just looked like a, a typical rookie. This guy right. does not look like a typical rookie. This guy looks good. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't want to let because I, you know he's my, my guy. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I am smitten. But yeah. I don't I don't want to I don't want to like because we are a running team. So yep. essentially if we're if I'm being rough on the kid, he's fighting for the fifth or sixth running back spot on this team. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If we're being if we're being super pragmatic and realistic. Hey, but, stash him on the pa- on the practice squad. I don't care. Like he's coming. Yeah. I don't see him making it past waivers. And and mm. my, my my thing is, is yeah. that my thing is, is that for what we do for our team, running back is not just a position on our team. It's a, it's a yeah. vital cog. It's a it's a single point of failure. If we don't yeah. have a running game, our team is not effectively good. You I know, mean, you could argue it's more important than the quarterback position on this team. Although it's never more important than the quarterback I mean, position, but the way the way Kyle runs his offense, it's like some would say he goes as his running back goes very much. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, what I want to do is I want to keep the same energy with him. I had my honeymoon phase with them. It's over. Now let's see what it is. All right. Yeah. So yeah. what I would like to see is, you know, practice is not football. Yeah. Um, scrimmaging is not football. I want to see yeah. that. Unfortunately enough, it's like for offensive linemen. You got to see games. I got to see a preseason game. I got to see him yeah. get the ball. I mean, we really, we we were on Jordan Mason, but it didn't solidify in our minds until preseason. Right, right. Because we saw what Jordan Mason was. Oh, he's got an NFL body, and he runs really freaking hard in practice. But it's practice; it's not football. Does it yeah. translate to a preseason game? Oh, yes, it does. Yes. So, what do we see with Kalen Bourne? Got an NFL body, good receiver out of the backfield, uh, trusts his hands, explosive. Okay, let's see what he but, does in a game. But do he's got to Do you fumble? Yeah. Can you stay healthy? Like, what's the deal? So we'll see. Yeah. But so far, so and good. Can you play hurt because running yeah. back is not a position where being hurt is an option. You you have no. to play. Yeah, right, and so, that's kind of the issue with Elijah Mitchell. Like he does play hurt, but at a certain point, it's like, dude, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> you probably yeah, always exactly. hurt. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited yeah. to see what he does, and then again, I want to see him against our 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 defense because we have we have a unique we have a unique weapon that a lot of mm. teams don't have is we have a defense that can actually tell you what we see. So. I want to see what the guys are going to start saying about Kalen when once they see him in pads, and I'm excited to see him in preseason. All right, I got another offensive lineman I want to talk about. Ilm Manning. Yes. Uh, I I don't. You know all about Ilm Manning. I don't know much. They had him at center yesterday, and they they had him and Joey Fisher working on combo blocks for about a half an hour. And I got to say, it was mesmerizing, man. Like both of them look really athletic. Like Ilm Manning's about. He's about 6'2", so he's small, but like he's he's playing center. He does not he looks like a he looks like a prototypical center. I know he hasn't played the position, but whew, looks really yeah. fast, man. So we know that Ilm played over 60 plus games at Hawaii at left tackle. Mm-hmm. He started as a true mm-hmm. freshman right away. Arizona kid and uh underutilized under under heralded as a recruit. Um he's not 
like we said before, he's not an NFL tackle just by no. his size and his length. Yeah. However, what Ilm is is very athletic, and he is strong for the center yeah. position. One would say that if you want to talk about a, a, an offensive lineman where you might be able to get away with having a lack of strength, it would strong. be the center position. So, uh, what you really twenty five reps, at, yeah, and he's strong. So, I mean, what, what longer you, arms and Joey really Fisher want, too. Yes, yeah, what he you does. Really want is you want his athleticism at the position, and yeah, I. I I haven't heard him speak. I don't know about his acumen, his football acumen, mm. but mm. it is a position in this offense, at least, where you really have to be smart. You have to be a heady player. And yeah. physically, I, I see that with centers, the biggest bridge to the biggest bridge to get over is the 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 mental aspect of knowing how to play and think at the same time at a fast level. So mm. he's got 60 games under his belt. He's seen a lot of athletic defensive linemen. Let's see how he deals with dealing with bigger defensive linemen and linebackers um, in a box. But from what I saw, I couldn't see him at anything else but center. He looks really yeah. good at center. And, you know, they've brought in a lot of guys that we thought might be projects at center, like maybe Daniel Brunskill, maybe yeah. not, not, you know, maybe Zakel, maybe Poe. Like, no, it's Manning. Manning yeah. is their project center. He hasn't played the position before, but they, he's there. Joey Fisher's at guard. This guy is the guy who could be their center down the line. And, like, they take a long view with it. Like, Jake Brendel was essentially developed over a decade. Like, His a whole very career. long time. So yeah. why not? Oh, there's no rush. You got Jake Brendel on a five-year contract. Like, yeah, he's 30-something or whatever, but, like, he has no tread on his tires. T take your time with a project who's never played the position but has the potential to be like a prototypical center in your system. That, that'd be great. Right. And, and and what's the biggest upgrade that we all talked about over the offseason? Uh, Javon Hargrave coming in um, as yeah. our interior D tackle. So we'll see what Ilm has. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll know, right? And I, I just feel like it's, it's perfect for our offensive line to cut their teeth on what we've done on our defensive line. You know, so yeah. we're going to know what we have. I'm excited about yeah. our interior prospects. Uh, last guy I want to talk about, then we we'll to talk about Trey Lance for a second, then we're done. Okay. Darrell Luter Jr., they had him at left corner, which is like the alpha spot, and yeah, he yeah. played a lot of a lot of press bail because you're not allowed to get your hands on uh, receivers in rookie minicamp. I think D'Amador Lenore did that a couple years ago, and they got in trouble. Remember, they, they lost a practice. Anyway, not you can't do it, but yeah, you could just said. see he, he would, he would kind of like shadow box a little bit, like get his hands close. You could tell that he's... He doesn't panic in press coverage. He's very calm. His feet are very calm. He knows how to position himself. He looks like he's going to – he's really long arms, like really long arms. And he's very, like, muscled up but also, like, lean. He looks exactly like a press corner should. I th I don't know if he's going to play right away, but I think he's going to be good, man. I think Luter's going to be good. Well, corner, corner is one of those positions where you know when you know he's got to play right away, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. He's gonna have to get out. You don't you don't learn on the sideline as a corner <laughs> looking at nah. reps. I'm sorry. You yeah, gotta true. get out there. Um, yeah. so yeah. we'll know what we have in Daryl very early. I and I and, Oh yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in training camp, he'll go one on one against, you know, Danny Gray. Yeah. Uh a lot, you know, Ray Ray, Jawan Ayuk eventually. Like what's it gonna look like? What's it gonna look like? Yep. Yeah. And you yep. know what's kind of unique about camp is that Everybody finds their 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 pace horse or like their co-sell. You you find that antithesis player or teammate 
that you know is going to get you better. So yeah. in those one-on-ones, it was it's always Trent and Nick, right? right. They always go at each other, right? So yeah. I'm as as the season bears out the the, the camp. I want to see what reports are where who who seems to be always going up against each other in one on ones. Who's mm-hmm. who's Daryl Luter's uh, antithesis? Like you mm-hmm. know, is it Ba? Is it Debo? Right? Does he like going up against uh, Jawan because he's physical? So I'm I'm really excited. I I think I think the matchup that happens a lot in practice is Ayuk and Lenore because I've seen them after practice like drawing at each other like carrying over from the practice field right, right, right. In, in, in a good natured way you know what i mean like you're slow like no you're slow like yeah, yeah. It, it seems like they just can't stop and i get the feeling that lenore to his credit has gotten a lot better uh from competing with brandon Ayuk, who's yeah man i mean if, if anyone's gonna make a corner better on this team is Ayuk in those practices too. Dude, i'm gonna tell you something on every football team there's a star to all of us who has a mentor that's sitting back on his team like I got him better. I got yeah. I got him right. I yeah, remember absolutely. when I had when I had to get you right. So that's it, right. It, and it's that's, like that's, Warner did that for Ayuk and now Ayuk's doing it for Lenore. Let's see who's going to yeah. do it for Luter. Luter's yeah. not going to just he, you don't you don't get to you don't get to face Brandon Ayuk right away. Like mm-hmm. that that that's for Lenore and Ward. Like you're going to have to earn that right by locking down Danny Gray. Yeah. Start with Danny Gray. Yeah, because if, I mean, if you're not on Quan, it that day, he will burn your ass. There's a part of Quan that looks at Fred and he's like, "I, I got that pup together." I, no I remember. You know, I what remember what he was like as a rookie. He wasn't like this. He All right. wasn't like this. Last yeah. topic, uh, Trey Lance. Do you think he's flying under the radar in terms of expectations this year? What do you think? Yes. Why? Um, I think. I mean, in some fans' eyes, this is a shame to say, but in some fans' eyes, he's got one foot out the door. Um, so I think that, uh, you take what you have and just be where your feet are. I think that this is a good situation for Trey to just keep his head down and go to work. Um, there's not a lot of hands on him. There's not a lot of people in his ear, switching up tasks, switching up initiatives. He can actually prioritize his goals and put his head down and get to work. Um, that's the best thing for him because, one of the biggest reasons why we want to trade a play is so he can have some some modicum of consistency. That's what we want. If you right. keep changing and moving and poking and prodding at anything, let alone a young player trying to do something, um, you're never really going to understand the results. You can't. How can you yeah. gauge results if you're constantly changing? So also him getting written off way too quickly might be the best thing that ever happened to him because ever since he's gotten drafted third, he's kind of had a little bit of like things handed. You know what I mean? Like you got drafted third with only one year of college. Like you got handed the job without Jimmy really with Jimmy still on the team. And I think a lot of people on your own team resented it. And now it's a full 180. Like, you know what? You you might just get shipped out of here. You, You might you have to compete with Sam Darnold. And it's like, oh, really? Like, okay, well, let me beat his ass. I could do that. Like, and just, maybe, I mean, and yeah. just imagine this, like, all of the, all, all of the, you know, what he's had to live up to is kind of like, if I'm Trey, it's like, yeah, I'm a good guy, but Jesus Christ, I feel like I have to live by a script, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. when people see you going by that script, they don't know why, but if they see it, they can just make their own reasons as to why you're doing it, which is he's fake. Or yeah. he, you yeah. know, or he's trying to put on, and it's kind of like I'm not fake. I'm just nervous as hell. 
I don't I yeah. don't know this air. I don't know this situation. Yeah. You know, yeah, you put me I in an impossible like, situation. I'm 21 years old. Now he doesn't have to be fake anymore. It's like, oh, you don't like me? Let's cool. remember, remember when Jimmy started cursing in press conferences? Like, oh, you don't want me anymore? Okay, then uh, forget it. Like, yeah, I'll just yeah. do whatever I want. It's sobering. Yeah. It's so sobering. It's, it's good. Yeah. yeah. And I feel yeah. like Trey is being given the space where there's not enough cam- There's no more cameras in his face as yeah. much. Right? Yeah. And he's right. been able to just kind of sit back. It's all about Brock. Just like, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I okay. like this for Trey. Because yeah. he wants, he needs consistency. I, I, yeah. I, I like him flying under the radar. Yep, I think it's good for him. Instead of everyone dissecting everything he does, it's like, you know, yeah. Keep yourself in the league right now. Do it. Yes. No one's, no one's really betting on you. No one's putting expectations on you anymore. In fact, like this should put a chip on your shoulder that hasn't been there. Yeah. How could you even have a chip on your shoulder? Everyone's been saying that you're going to be Patrick Mahomes with this little bit of seasoning. Like that may not happen. But now that everyone's saying that you're freaking. Blaine Gabbert, like, show him. Show him he you're better than Sam Darnold. Right now. It's a slap like, in your face. Yes. I feel it's like a slap Trey, in your face. Trey truly can write his own story now, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like I've been hurt a couple of times. That, uh, yeah. There's been a guy that supplanted me, all right? You can't say that you didn't let me. You, didn't, you weren't here the whole time. You tried to trade me. Everybody yeah. wants me gone. So allow me to reintroduce myself now. And now I'm yeah. here. I'm here with leverage. I deserve to be here. And now I'm back as a man. And I, how, I, how do you think Mac Jones would have held, uh, handled this on the 49ers or Zach Wilson? It seems like those two guys kind of crumbled under the pressure of yeah. their markets and their teams. Like Trey Lance could have asked for. He could have been a malcontent. He could have been like, you know, they're not playing me. And I'm being right. I want a new. I want to get out of here. He could ask for a trade. All he said was, "I want a chance to compete. I'm going to go work out with Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to win." Like, how do you not like that? No, how do you not you, like that. You, you can't help but like it. And really, for Trey, uh, he's in the perfect situation because he's still in his situation, right? So we could, I mean, it, it's almost kind of like the flame. You, you put your hand close to the flame. Don't freak out. You're not burning. It's just warm, right? Yeah, so what's funny is if he ends up playing well, the Niners are going to jump in his bandwagon so fast. Are you kidding? Dude, they, that's what so they want. Quick. So quick. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's almost like the same thing that got you here is the same thing that's going to get you out. Just play. Yeah. Just play. Yeah. I mean, there's no trade market for you. And once there is a trade market for you, you're the franchise quarterback. So just play. Pretty much. Holland Tracy says, I'm new to the channel. I've got to say I'm impressed by both of your level of insight. This is the 49er deep dive I've been looking for. Debate ammo. Yeah, that's why I could have did this show last night, like an instant reaction. But I was like, nah, I want to do it with Coach. I want to do it with Coach. <laughs> My God. You better. Man. Because even though you're not at the practice, you have the insight. You legitimately know these players. And you understand coaching. And, and like what, the, what is fair to expect from a player in this, in this setting? Yes, fair to expect? exactly. Yes. The, the, setting yes. the expectations is really yes. fair, is, is really important because right. what are you looking faithful, at? the journey yeah. has started. So yeah. it's time. And look, it's I want to say something real quick. It's really hard to watch these practices. And in training camp, they'll open it up for fans. And a lot of, like, a lot of other content creators will go. And you'll notice, like, it's really hard to get it right. There's a hundred people you got to watch, and your inclination is to be positive because if you say something negative, fans will push back because they're not there watching. Right. And you really got to be confident that you're getting it right, and it's hard. So, yeah. Well, that time well, of year. I, that time the of year. journey has started, and yeah. it's going to be a slow drip, but just understand that what we're trying to get to is week one. And we're trying uh-huh. to get to week one with the best viable team for the other 31. So, yeah. Let's go. I'm pumped. 
I'm pumped. Uh, the first OTA should be in like less than two weeks because last year, May 25th was the day of the fireworks. First day of OTAs when I met Javon Kinlaw face to face for the first time. That was it was, and oh, now yeah. we oh, know yeah, each other yeah. quite well. So oh, that, when's the, the anniversary? May 25th. May 25th. You want to do something? I kind of remember that day. What do you May 25th. Do? I guess so I get him a cake. Yeah, dude, do something. George Kittle style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday, kid. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah anyway yeah. <laughs> that's it for yeah that's it for me uh that's it for coach thanks right, everyone guys. for watching go have a nice day it's it's uh warm in the bay man enjoy get the out rest of here. your day guys enjoy the rest of your day